Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Listening to the World Soccer Talk podcast, the only pod that focuses on watching soccer on TV, online, and apps. Welcome to episode 155. Coming up on this week's show, how Chicharito will impact MLS TV ratings, all of the details about the Premier League on Peacock, ICC demands more in order to stay relevant, latest news about Portuguese TV rights, plus, we have letters from you, the listeners, in our mailbag section. I'm Christopher Harris, a.k.a. The Gaffer, and I'm joined uh, once again by Kartik Krishnaya. Kartik, returning from the cold north of uh, Baltimore back to the chilly South Florida. So we've been pretty cold, actually, North Florida, too. Pretty cold this week. Um, what were your adventures like in Baltimore at the um, what used to be called the NSCAA convention and is now uh, the United Soccer Coaches Convention? It comes off the tongue a little bit easier, but what were your observations from this um, annual event? Well, first off, in terms of climate, I left uh, Baltimore the night uh, I woke up uh, the night I flew out. It was about 38 degrees, flew to Jacksonville, your neck of the woods. Uh, and the next morning when I woke up in, in uh, Jacksonville, St. Augustine area, it was uh, 41 degrees. And then uh, this back to South Florida this morning, wake up in uh, Fort Lauderdale area, and it was 40 degrees. So um, <laughs> the cold weather followed me south not uh, to, to three locales. So apologies to everyone in Florida, including you, that I, I seem to have brought this weather with me from uh, from Baltimore. Uh, but yeah, the NSCAA, or now the United Soccer Coaches Convention, was, uh, was brilliant. It was great for me personally to reconnect with so many people that uh, I hadn't seen uh, in, in a while. Uh, that convention is still very, very vibrant. There had been a lot of concern, Chris, and, and I had expressed a concern privately to a number of people that maybe the convention wasn't going to be the same uh, without MLS participating. And with um, increased tensions, uh, there was an accommodation, but there was also increased tensions between U.S. soccer and the United soccer coaches, even to the point where they're, they're uh, uh, offering competing curriculums and uh, competing uh, classes, courses for, for coaches and coaching badges. So I uh, thought, well, you know, this might, uh, this might hurt the convention, which always for me, and I, I think for most people in the soccer industry in the United States, was the granddaddy of them all. It was our version of the Consumer Electronics Show, right? It, it, it's that kind of show for us. It's that kind of week for us. Uh, in fact, I think 
the impact of MLS not being there was uh, simply that you had less player agents running around and uh, fewer male uh, professional soccer-focused media. Uh, USL didn't get a booth either this year. They've typically had a booth, and when I worked for the NESL, we always uh, had a booth at the show. But there were still a fair number of media, the likes of Charlie Bohm and, and Paul Kennedy and, and John Tannenwald and all the people who cover the women's game were there because the NWSL draft was still there. Mm-hmm. Uh, Carly Lloyd was there in person. Sam Uis was there in person. Um, in addition to uh, other journalists that, that, that still came and covered it. And uh, all of the big vendors were still there. And all the coaches from around the country were still there. And in fact, I saw uh, former Swansea coach Paul Clement wandering the hall. Oh so once again, getting uh, coaches from abroad, as NSCA always did. I- I'm happy to report to the listeners out there and the people who are concerned about the health of the entire sport in this country, Chris, not just Major League Soccer or USL, that NSCAA, the United Soccer Coaches, now now the United Soccer Coaches is as strong as ever. The convention was as uh good as ever and the field sessions the classroom sessions uh the the general vibe around the place was all very positive so uh, uh the, the the business of soccer the the game of soccer continues to grow uh in the united states outside of those two top professional leagues the college game everyone was there the youth game the da's the ecnl everybody was at this conference nwsl as i mentioned still held the draft uh so uh really great week and and a positive thing to report because I don't want to get too conspiratorial here, Chris, but there has been a lot of chatter, a lot of buzz that MLS and U.S. soccer would like to see uh, the United soccer coaches maybe um, diminish in importance. Well, that, that isn't happening yet uh, from where I sit. So, so you, you say, and this is the first time we've had a chance to talk about this, so you say that uh, everyone was there. The question I have for you, Kartik, is that uh, in previous years, uh, I think even last year or maybe two years ago, uh, for a couple of years, actually, Fox Soccer, a Fox Soccer channel, well, you mean once it was not, was known, I think one year had a town hall with Winalda, another year had had um, kind of a live show that they were doing, or they were doing some interviews with different, uh, you mean, talent, etc., and former players. So what? Not just Fox, but what about uh, the television crews? I mean, be in sports, NBC, ESPN, Fox, any any television celebs yeah, there. And actually, after Fox Soccer uh, went away, VN became the uh, the kind of de facto partner. They didn't have the formal partnership that Fox Soccer had. They didn't have the uh, um, the, the the live show that Fox Soccer had. But in fact, that the, the uh, convention hotels were for many years after Fox Soccer disappeared required to add VN to their uh, to their cable systems for the week of the convention. Right. Uh, I think that was up until 2018 or about the time when those cable systems began dropping BN outright, which limited the options for the United Soccer Coaches to do that. I didn't stay in a convention hotel, so I don't know if they made a similar arrangement now with NBC or with FS1 or FS2, but uh, previously you it was a requirement for a hotel to get the uh, NSCAA's business to carry Fox Soccer Channel during that week, and then after Fox Soccer Channel disappeared for the next four or five years, a requirement that they have BN. So they didn't, I don't think that that's happening anymore, and unfortunately, that's the the demise of the soccer-specific channel. Uh, BN is not a soccer-specific channel, but it's darn near close to it. Mm-hmm. So United Soccer Coaches, or NSCAA, as they were known then, latched on to them once Fox Soccer, which was a, Fo- uh, a soccer-specific channel, disappeared. Uh, but what I can say is that there were um, – gosh, there was a podcast row I walked through. 
uh, one day. And there were about six or seven live shows going on, uh, including a show with Chris Hummer, who uh, uh, I know well uh, from the D.C. area, and Charlie Bohm, who we talked about earlier. He was on that sh- program. Then walked a little further to get down toward the Expo Hall, past all the coaching courses uh, where I was trying to interact with some people, and Jason Davis was doing a live Sirius XM show. So I think what might have happened is that United Soccer coaches have now pivoted towards the podcast and radio world, Mm -hmm. satellite radio. Well, Sirius, I think, was always there. But the podcast world, which I had not seen before Hmm. at this convention, this is the seventh or eighth time I've been to the coaches' convention. Um, And I think that says something about kind of the medium now. There are a lot of soccer people who are going to podcasts, uh, Chris, because mainstream sports television networks are not giving soccer – the kind of attention that it warrants given the, the, the level of fans fandom in this country. And uh, this is a, a larger theme. I, I don't want to spend this entire podcast on this. Uh, maybe it's, it's for another podcast, another day, a dedicated podcast, but I, I think more and more soccer fans are seeking out podcasts. In fact, I had uh, people talking to me regularly at the show about our show mm-hmm. and about what other podcasts to listen to because they're not getting enough soccer news anymore without Fox Soccer Channel with a lot of these people having lost BN uh, from their cable systems, et cetera. So uh, that would be a big takeaway was, was the emergence of podcasts mm-hmm. on the soccer scene. Took a long time to get there, Kartik. We we started this podcast uh, 2006, uh, so it's been a long haul uh, to get where we are today. I mean, 14 years, but uh, it's still a long way to go. But but that's good to hear that uh, there's some positive uh, things uh, about the podcast. Now, if you haven't listened to the show before, uh, we talk about the commentators, the production value, the, the latest television developments that are changing the way that you watch soccer, as well as which are the best streaming services to watch the beautiful game. So so let's dive into that, Kartik. Um, I, I know that most of the time this past week in terms of the uh, convention, which is, a, I mean, it's, it's a, several days and it's uh, pretty time intensive, long days, long nights. Um, did you get a chance to watch anything from this past week or anything that stood out? No, I mean, the, the, the one thing uh, that I can say is uh, that I was running around enough uh, that I saw snippets of matches. Schalke Gladbach were on in a couple of the booths. Uh, we had, uh, I got constant updates about Arsenal Sheffield United because, um, and mind booth at the company I was repping, PlayerMaker, uh, we had a, a, a four different, we had four televisions around each corner of our booth and they all had a loop of Arsene Wenger. Uh, or looping videos, but one was a Wenger. So we ended up getting curiosity from people who uh, uh, associated themselves with Arsenal and so talked about that. And then the Chelsea-Newcastle game was thrown on at a booth right across from me. So I, I saw a little bit of that, uh, saw some some clips uh, here and there. Obviously, was uh, uh, I, I get text alerts about Dortmund matches, so I saw each of Holland's goals uh, from mm-hmm. alerts. The only football I actually saw live was I land in Jacksonville, um, I get off the plane. I right away. I click on uh, my NBC Sports app uh, and 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 start watching from about the minute minute seventy onward of, of uh, Liverpool Manchester United and. United gave it a go for those 20 minutes uh, and saw the goal by uh, by Salah at the end, uh, Allison's distribution and, and uh, the indecision of De Gea, whether he should come up and whether Solskjaer called him back or not. And I had my Bose headphones on, so I got the commentary of, of, of Arlo 
uh, and crew loud and clear. So that was uh, that was the only football I got to watch live all week was that 20 minutes. But um, it was a pretty good 20 minutes to watch because uh, for all the crit- criticisms and critiques of United, a United team without Pogba creating as many chances as they did late on at, at, at Anfield, uh, I thought was a pretty good sign for them. Obviously, they uh, subsequently they they dropped uh, all three points at home to to Burnley, so uh, that's not a good sign for them. But uh, did get to watch that twenty minutes. Uh, I and as I said, uh, I, I uh, was getting text uh, alerts about Holland, so I, I'm excited about that next yep. open game I'll watch. And Gio Reyna, the American made his debut, uh, professional debut in that match, uh, first game back from winter break. So, uh, that, but that's all I got to see. Unfortunately, um, mm-hmm. it, it, it's funny you're at a soccer coach's convention and everybody is talking about the sport globally but yet you watch no soccer because the 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 sessions start eight nine in the morning and they go till nine or ten at night there was one night where um we had a a field session where they were strapping up players with our player maker device uh club america is one of the customers who's bought from us and and they're one of their coaches was uh, running the session so they strapped uh um both teams up and one was dc united's academy team uh with uh player maker that session began at 8.45 p.m. and didn't end till 10, a little bit after 10 p.m. local time. So wow. um, they, they, this convention is an around-the-clock thing, which uh, I think we remember from the Fox Soccer days, right? Because the Fox Soccer live program was always on, I think, late, right? Yeah, uh, on a weeknight. I think prime time, I think, I think in the evening. Like and, 10 and, or 11. Yeah. yeah. So, so, so quite a lot to take in there, Kartik, in terms of – Erling Haaland for for Dortmund. I I didn't know until this week that uh, he's the son of uh, Alf Inga Haaland, who used to play for yeah. Man City. I I never knew that. Right. I'm like, cause and I, Leeds, of course, and, and Leeds, yeah, Roy yeah. Keane, uh, who, whose career was ended by Roy Keane. Yeah, and, and I missed I missed that match. Um, I know Friday's game against Cologne is going to be on FS2 uh, at two thirty Eastern time, so that's one to watch uh, for sure. Uh, I missed that match, unfortunately, but I was away this past weekend. Uh, also, I was at uh, Disney in in Orlando for a soccer tournament, so that took up most of my weekend. And 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 then watching uh, a little bit of Newcastle Chelsea uh, on Saturday, coming back from the Disney tournament back to the hotel and catching up with Goalzone. I mean, Goalzone. I mean, to me, I, I don't watch it usually that much because I've seen most of the goals, seen most of the action. But for an, for a morning where I missed most of the the the, you know, the games and the goals and and the stories, uh, that was a really perfect uh, catch up program. Um, it, it's great that it's always available there. Uh, across the weekend then too, I mean, the Liverpool-Man United match, to me, this one was very entertaining, but also because I think in many ways, um, uh, Jose is not involved. I mean, if this was a, I mean, we've had some Liverpool-Man United games in the past, like what, uh, a couple of years uh, under Jose when he was at, at United that were just really, really boring and tedious to watch. This was um, open-ended. I mean, a fantastic ending to the game with that goal from uh, Salah. Um and and uh, I mean it it was a really good performance by Manchester United and then as you said too against Burnley then everything falls apart but uh, I enjoyed watching it but my favorite game from this past week was uh, Chelsea against Arsenal uh, Arlo White Lee Dixon Graham Lasso commentating on this one uh, Derek Ray hosting in the studio studio and this was. Um, just when you thought it was over, just when you thought that uh, Chelsea had won this game, Arsenal displaying a really strong spine, a really strong performance and attitude. 
um, and a fight back. And, and, and we've seen this in the past few weeks. I've, I've been really encouraged by the way that Arsenal's been playing, even though they haven't been getting the results. Uh, they've been putting a, a fight in. This seems to be, to me, maybe not a turning point, but, but under, under Wenger, I mean, they oftentimes would fall apart and would have a weak middle. Um, but they seem to be getting a spine and they seem to be like actually playing uh, for the manager and the managers really got, seems to have a good, um, I guess, uh, kind of chemistry with his players. And um, that was a joy to watch. It was a really good game. Really, really entertaining that one. Um, also watched, um, let me see, uh, Ibar against Atleti with uh, Phil Shane and Gary Bailey commentating. Uh, this was a pretty uh, easy victory for Ibar, actually. And it's the first time that ever they've, that, that they've beaten uh, Atletico Madrid. That was a good game to watch. Uh, lots of rain. I watched uh, Sporting Club against Benfica on Goal TV, the Portuguese league. This is kind of a rarity for me. I don't, I don't usually watch much of the Portuguese league. Um, the English language commentator on this one, which I, I didn't catch his name, but so poor. Uh, I mean, you can definitely tell that English is a second language, but just really, really poor commentary. And it was a solo commentator, j- just just himself. Um, even the halftime pro- promos that Goal TV has, uh, again, is broken English. Just really not very professional at all. Uh, but in this match, actually a good match. This was um, Benfica beats uh, Sporting Club. And caught some other matches too. Uh, watched uh, Hertha Berlin against Bayern. Um, a really good first half. Uh, Hertha Berlin almost, I mean, almost uh, getting the edge, but going into the half, half uh, nil nil, and then second half, Bayern just opened it up. Uh, and great commentary too by Keith Costigan and Ian Joy. And then Kartik, uh That's about it. That's about it for what I've watched this this past week. But definitely Chelsea against Arsenal was my highlight. Now moving yeah, on. I guess. Go ahead. I guess I saw some studio shows in that. Uh, I, I taped uh, the goal zone, so I, I watched. Uh, I, I did. I just didn't watch the weekend ones because I didn't get back uh, to South Florida till till Monday night. But I watched each of the Derek Ray, Robbie or Robbie Musto ones uh, this week, including the one today where they 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 talk at length about Solskjaer and they talked about Solskjaer's record as a permanent manager. Uh, since he, I remember when he was a caretaker manager, they were winning. They were on quite a roll. And since he had been named permanent manager, comparing him to Jose. I uh, also want to mention Thomas Rongen, who, who is a colleague of mine, a player maker also, in, in, in the interest of full disclosure, told me he was going out. You know, He left the office, and uh, he was with us in Baltimore, but left the office yesterday and told me, hey, I'm going to CBS. I'm taping a segment uh, now, so I've got to go this minute. So I made sure I watched the segment. It was him and Jeremy St. Louis, and it was actually quite good. I mean, obviously, we quite good with those two, but uh, CBS showing soccer some love. It was on CBS All Access uh, on their channel, and they uh, – on the CBS Sports Channel, Sports HQ Channel on CBS All Access, and uh, they spent some time talking about uh, various issues uh, in the game. So that that's something to look for if you have CBS Sports HQ on CBS Sports All Access or CBS All Access, excuse me, uh, Jeremy St. Louis and Thomas Rongen doing uh, this feature fairly regularly. Thomas has told me. Interesting. Going back to Derek Ray, just for a second, too. I mean, we know how much uh, Derek loves the Bundesliga. I mean, if you follow him on on Twitter, uh, he's. I mean, he, I mean, loves the, the the Bundesliga as we do too. Has Has Derek ever hosted any of the Bundesliga uh, coverage for Fox? Because he would be a perfect fit. I mean, yes, I know Fox Sports is losing the rights at the end of the season, but 
he, I mean, that would be a great person to bring in for a weekend to do. I mean, he's a freelancer. I'm, he's available. I'm sure he'd love to do some of. I mean, he's done the Bundesliga commentary uh, for the world feed for, for the Bundesliga in Germany. But wouldn't it be wonderful to have him in the Fox Sports uh, on, on the set there? Yeah, that I don't understand why they haven't brought him in for this. When they brought him in for the for the men's World Cup and the women's World Cup over the summer, and his voice is often on Fox's broadcasts. Uh, he doesn't do matches every week, but he goes to Germany every third week or so and calls matches uh, from there, uh, and they're broadcast on Fox. So uh, it seems like a very, very natural fit, uh, but they, for whatever reason, they haven't done it. Uh, that having been said... When they're when the matches are on FS1, and I I have to bring this up again, yep. they go through the, the through all the bells and whistles. They bring Ian Joy in, they bring Kate Abdo in, they bring Alexi Lawless in, they bring Stu Holden in. Yeah, Warren uh, Barton. And, right. Yeah, Warren Barton in. Yeah, Warren Barton is also a co-commentator. But yeah, they sometimes bring him in to the studio, and they do a good job. But then when it matches on FS2, they just flip it on yeah. and uh, act like it's just an infomercial. Well, I mean, I, well that, I, I, it, I still don't understand it. I yeah. mean, there's no consistency at all in what they do. Well, that was the thing. I watched uh, Schalke against uh, Gladbach on Friday, which is the, the first game of the second half of the Bundesliga season. I mean, a great victory for Schalke, uh, 2-0 in this one. But the way, once the game ends and the, commenta- the commentator signs off, the, the, there's like about 30 seconds to maybe a minute to two minutes of just essentially uh, promos. It's Bundesliga promos. There's a kind of an in-house ad for the Bundesliga um, there's there's no voiceover. There's no, nobody at Fox actually. I mean, it seems to be even working on it. They're just almost hit, hitting play, and um, and then once the game's over, and once it hits that that time uh, to move on to go to the commercials or go to the, to the next program, they just flip the switch. There's absolutely nobody working on that. It's just it's crazy. I mean, I, I, I don't know. It's just. Fox, you mean any any listener knows? You mean I just get so aggravated with them, and um, and this is something that you don't require. I mean, I'm sure they have in-house talent, voiceover who would love to come in and and you mean basically kind of you mean work on the game a little bit in terms of at least having a voice there, and and that does not exist when it's on FS2. All right, Kartik, TV streaming news and and. Um, I'll, I'll let you lead it off, but I can't think of it any bigger story than this one. Yeah, Chicharito has signed for the LA Galaxy after much speculation and years of rumors linking him to MLS, going back to 2014 when he uh, Louis Van Hall loaned him out from Manchester United. Since then, there have been rumors. I remember the first year of Orlando City, the rumor was after they signed Kaká, they were going to sign Chicharito. So he finally signs in Major League Soccer. I, I think uh, the LA Galaxy, this is a response to LAFC's success, but it's also about television ratings and Major League Soccer and, and on uh, the whole needing the Chicharito factor to raise ratings just as the television contract's coming up. Perfect timing for him to come to the league. Uh, I tend to think that this is more ratings-driven than anything. Yeah, I, I mean, for those listeners who may not realize how big Chicharito is or is going to be in Major League Soccer, uh, just get ready for this because this this is huge. To me, if I had to rank the the three top players who could come to Major League Soccer that could have the most impact overnight on TV ratings, it'd be number one and number two would be joint would be the same would be would be uh, Messi and Ronaldo. 
Number three would be Chicharito. I can't think of any other name in the business of soccer who could come to the United States and have an immediate impact on just increasing TV ratings. Now, we have to wait and see what those TV ratings are, but he's a perfect fit. He's somebody who's very intelligent, a great player, uh, a goal poacher, but somebody who's skillful, who will, who will score plenty of goals in Major League Soccer. Uh, somebody who is, has a charisma about him, someone who is a, a good role model, somebody who is who is Mexican, even is going to bring in that that audience. Um, and no, 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 no offense. I don't want to make this uh, sound really patronizing, but he's more educated than the average uh, foreign footballer, too. So, he's, yeah. but like you said, he's, he's, he's got a presence about him, but he's well-spoken, speaks really good English, speaks really good Spanish, obviously, Spanish is mother tongue. So, he's a more, because a lot of the foreign players you bring over uh, who are big names end up being, I mean, Zlatan's a character, so we love that, but end up being like Wayne Rooney, who can't, you know, really give an interview or or or, or, or struggle. Chicharito has got a uh, a thing about him, mm-hmm. as you said. I, I guess that's uh, he's got that it um, when you're in a room with him or, or when absolutely. you're around him. So, yep. yeah, it, this is absolutely massive for Major League Soccer as a whole. I know it helps the LA Galaxy on the pitch, uh, and they are chasing their crosstown rival. But I think more importantly than that, it is a massive TV coup. And quite frankly, one MLS needed to make a few years ago. When he went to Bayer Leverkusen, or actually, excuse me, when he left Leverkusen to go, well, when he went to Leverkusen, MLS was chasing him. Then when he left Leverkusen to go to West Ham United, that's when they should have struck. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was no reason for him to go to a club like West Ham, which was consistently going to be fighting relegation in the Premier League. Uh, You could could say, well, maybe he wanted one last paycheck in Europe, etc. What? Whatever the case, um, that's when MLS should have brought him here and potentially given him to the Galaxy at that point. Now, they got Zlatan, which was great, uh, but that would have countered the LAFC surge in terms of popularity locally. It might have been a nice balancing uh, balancing move, but it, it didn't quite work out that way. I mean, uh, but... Better late than never. This is a huge move. Yeah, and and to me, Kartik, this is gonna this is going to be bigger than Beckham, which is saying a lot. I mean, in terms of TV ratings, so Beckham, I think his debut. Um, I had to go back the the other day and look and look at uh, the numbers, and it was um, at the old Major League Soccer Talk website, MLS Talk, uh, which was one of the sites that we had before World Soccer Talk, before we merged all all of them together into one. And you had an article there. It was talking about the TV rating. I think the TV rating had increased by, I think from a I don't know a zero point three to a zero point four, something like that. There was a bump with with uh, Beckham. Um, and that would translate roughly, I, I believe, I think it would have been about a million, just over a million viewers for that match uh, with Beckham. Now, this one, the, the, the opening game of the season for LA Galaxy it, it, is, is, is on Univision. Chris, if I recall correctly, there was also peaks in the in that, uh, and I'd have to go back and look at that article. But I, I wrote it, so I rem- I kind of remember there were peaks, right? That he didn't start; yep. he came off the bench. So it, it, the the rating started. There were hundred thousand, two hundred thousand viewers, what there normally is for an MLS match. When he came on, the the the, the rating peaked, so it was a little misleading. I mm-hmm. think at one point there were a million and a half people watching, and at another point there were like two hundred thousand people watching. So it, obviously, and if those of you who don't know out there. When we talk about these ratings and the numbers, it's an average of the of uh, the viewership throughout the two hour events. So, right. uh, yeah, I can't remember what the number ended up being, but I just remember there was a huge variation because he didn't start the match. Yeah, yeah. And, and if you remember, and if you remember, Kartik, we were uh, together in a sports bar 
watching this game and we had, we had oh, a couple, correct. couple we of were. friends we yeah. you had a LA Galaxy Beckham shirt on I think it was a Beckham shirt and yeah, it and, was a Beckham shirt and we were watch it, watching it it was on ESPN and they had a, a Beckham cam which is pretty stupid but <laughs> even even when he's on the sidelines on, on the bench you mean tiny shoes uh, shoelaces uh, they would zoom in on that so it was a bit ridiculous but but I remember watching it it was a big event it was a big deal Chitarito's opening game for LA Galaxy on US television is going to be against Houston opening game on um, opening weekend and uh, it's on Univision I mean so that that number just from the Spanish language audience is going to be huge and this is going to pull in a lot of English language uh, viewers to watch this one too uh, Inter Miami's uh, opening game at home for the the, the new stadium or the, re- the redeveloped stadium is going to be against LA Galaxy and, they, and they, this one is on Big Fox so Fox Network so I think that's like what March 14th I think it is that game is going to be huge in terms of having it on over-the-air television on the English language side too. So, I mean, right off the bat, this is going to have a big impact, and uh, I'm looking forward to watching it. I mean, I, I will. I, I mean, I, I love Chicharito. I, lo- I love him as a player. I've got a lot of respect for him. Uh, lots of up and downs throughout his career, but uh, I mean, he always he always tries his best, and he, he's a talented player. All right, moving on, can't take the next news item. This one we've been tracking for about about a year to two years. And that and this is the story about uh, NBC, um, the main entertainment network, planning on launching a streaming network. And for the past year, I've been asking questions to NBC Sports uh, uh, PR spokespeople saying, okay, well, so what about sports? Will this NBC entertainment streaming service, will it have a sports? And, and, and will it have soccer? And what type of soccer will it have? And the answer I always got was, we're not sure yet. It hasn't been decided yet. Well, it has been decided now, and now we know. So the service is going to be called Peacock, and um, it's going to launch um, later this year. So um, I think late spring, early summer. Uh, If you're a Comcast subscriber, uh, you will get it early, I believe in April. And there's three different versions. So there's a free version, and the free version will have, uh, it's just called Peacock, uh, that will have a lot of uh, access to NBC uh, NBC content, love entertainment, news, etc. And then there's two other choices past that. There's a pre- uh, Peacock Premium with ads, or there's Pe- Peacock Premium without ads. So Peacock Free is free. Peacock Premium with ads is five dollars a month, and then Peacock Premium with no ads is ten dollars a month. And it will include for the Peacock Premium. Uh, it will include uh, non-televised Premier League games beginning in August 2020. So this will not replace NBC Sports Gold, but it will have access to the same 140 games that you would get with NBC Sports Gold. But if you're paying $5 a month uh, with ads for Peacock Premium and getting access to all of the NBC Sports Gold uh, live live uh, non-televised games, uh, as well as shoulder programming. I think they said over 2,000 hours of shoulder programming, uh, probably access to a lot of the Sky Sports. Um, over the course of a season, like, what, 10 months, um, that's 50 bucks. And uh, depending on what NBC Sports Gold package you sign up for, you're, you're probably saving a little bit of money. But the other thing with this, too, is it's, it's not just the Premier League. You'd get access to a whole host of you know, movies and, and shows and other things. So um, it's interesting. Kantik, looking at this, do you think that this is a 
admission that maybe that NBC Sports Gold isn't going to stick around, or or do you do you think there's a way for NBC Sports Gold to still stay relevant uh, while Peacock Premium kind of gobbles up some of those subscribers? I uh, uh, I I'm not. Um sure nbc sports gold sticks around it's been clunky it's now been rolled into the nbc sports app uh they have different tiers for different sports so you have to buy a pre- or different passes right you have to buy a premier league pass you have to buy a pga tour pass you have to buy a, a formula one well they don't have formula one anymore but you have to buy an ascar pass right you know right so it, it's it's very uh it's very clunky in its execution i mean espn and uh has simplified things with espn plus you just subscribe to espn plus you get everything and uh, the Disney Plus bundle, which, by the way, I have to do just for our listeners' consumption. I bought the bundle, and I'm still getting charged for ESPN Plus. So I realized I probably did something wrong, and I'm getting double charged. Uh, but that's my—that's just something to look for if you're if you're in the same situation. But they simplified it, right? Disney, mm-hmm. everything is very simple. You know, um, any sporting event that's uh, ESPN is going to be on ESPN Plus. That's part of the premium uh, tier or the or the, or the pay uh, the the OTT service. Any uh, Disney movie or Marvel movie or National Geographic documentary is going to be on Disney Plus, and you know what's on Hulu. So. I think uh, this is an admission that the whole NBC Sports Gold concept was a little too clunky for people. Um, and you're buying individual passes for individual sports. Uh, it, it made sense before ESPN Plus launched, right? Because mm-hmm. uh, Bleacher Report does the same thing. Uh, and uh, Fox more or less does the same thing. But now that ESPN and Disney have uh, taken hold of the OTT market uh, and changed – uh, and, and also established a really low price point, uh, it has to be said, uh, which is why, again, like I said, I'm being double charged. If I were being double charged by NBC Sports Gold or Fox or Bleacher Report, I'd be up in arms. I'd be like, oh, my gosh, all this money's going out the window. Being double charged by Disney Plus and ESPN Plus is, is costing me $6 a month. So maybe mm-hmm. that's why I haven't addressed it yet. But the point being, I think that this has changed the whole landscape. And NBC is now NBC Universal is now reacting. I, I like I like that NBC Sports Gold still is more for your hardcore sports fans. So if if you're a soccer fan and and you mean you're more you're you're down the sports track as, in terms of kind of living in the sports world and subscribing to that service and and uh, maybe some of the other NBC Sports Gold services. But with Peacock, Peacock would be more the mainstream, and it might be people that sign up for Peacock Premium. Uh, getting it for some of the, you mean some of the entertainment coverage or the, or some of the movies or the the back catalog, uh, and and original shows, and then coming across and and uh, finding the NBC Sports Go on, well the Premier League non televised content through there as well as some of the shoulder programming, and and maybe um, getting uh, into that a little bit when they wouldn't necessarily subscribe to NBC Sports Gold, so. It's a win-win on that side in terms of NBC Sports. I, th- I think in general, though, I mean, this is get, getting a bit crazy. I mean, you have Disney, which is effectively ABC. Uh, you have with with their, their streaming service. You have uh, now you have NBC with their streaming service. You have CBS with their all access. Um, Fox, I don't think has anything, nothing li- like this yet. I'm sure they're probably working on something. Uh, Fox is a big uh, investor in Fubo, as one example, um, and I think they have investments in other streaming services too. But as far as I know, there's no big Fox kind of uh, streaming service. 
I'm sure it's going to happen at some point, though, too. But um, it does get more confusing. There's lots of questions coming in to me and to World Soccer Talk about Peacock and what does it mean? And, and does that now mean that NBC Sports Gold is gone? And it does not mean it's gone. It's just uh, another option. And, and that option could work better for some people where they want to get other content and then the the actual price point of um, that non-televised Premier League soccer content plus everything else on Peacock Premium then makes sense. Then it fits in their budgets because they see the value in that. Kartik, uh, next news item. This was an interesting one that uh, came out this week uh, in the U.S. press. Yeah, in the New York Times, and, and I have to say it sent shock, shockwaves through uh, uh, the soccer community, especially here in South Florida. Uh, according to a piece this week in the New York Times, uh, the ICC have told leaders of the top European clubs that relevant sports could no longer commit to funding the ICC annually unless it becomes a more meaningful competition on the global soccer calendar uh, instead of just a collection of summer friendlies. While participating teams have profited from the ICC and access to the U.S. market, uh, not not just from what they've made from the ICC, but also access to markets in the U.S. and Asia. The cost of operating the competition has reportedly grown to over $100 million, uh, for Relevant with no sign of a profit anytime soon. The owner of uh, Relevant in the ICC is Stephen Ross, who also owns the Miami Dolphins. Uh, he's reportedly held talks in Paris earlier this month with clubs including Manchester United, Liverpool, PSG, and Juventus, requesting that they commit to a tournament with legitimate stakes or risk uh, him pulling the plug. Relevance wants clubs to compete in something that would resemble the UEFA Champions League on tour. Um, My take on this real quickly, Chris, is that the the, the calendar is congested, Mm -hmm. um, which is a drawback. However, these clubs we know want access to the U.S. and the Asian market at the highest level. So... I could see some of the clubs saying yes and some of the clubs saying no, if I'm being perfectly honest. And I don't know how it's going to shake out. It's anyone's guess. Yeah, I think we've reached the peak definitely for the ICC in terms of its popularity um, for a few different reasons. One is this past summer, you know, summer 2019, was was a congested one. So you had Copa America, you had the Women's World Cup, you had the Gold Cup, and, and these to- tournaments really consumed most of the summer. And then meanwhile, ICC did have their tournaments um, around the world, but also in the, in the United States. And it got a lot of bad press. It got a lot of... Um, uh, lower than average attendances for ICC and um, the bad press it got me even when I went to Germany to talk to the Bundesliga I was just talking to some of the journalists there and they were saying like oh yeah ICC is in trouble blah 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 but it really was a congested summer it was the main reason people were burnt out there was so many so much soccer on that summer but then the other thing too in terms of the congested calendar uh, each summer you've got FIFA I mean FIFA um, looking at the FIFA Club World Cup, making that an annual event, looking at uh, China uh, to host that, and uh, FIFA looking, seeing dollar signs, thinking, okay, hey, we could do, why aren't we doing this? Why can't we host our own tournament and bring some of the biggest clubs from around the world? Or uh, let's make this into a thing. Let's make this, uh, let's control that, um, that summertime um, friendly window and be able to have our sponsors and make a ton of money off this. Um, so ICC, in some ways, I see, I see it being pushed out of the equation. The other thing, though, too, which is interesting that you mentioned too, Kartik, is that um, New York Times mentions that Liverpool uh, met with uh, Stephen Ross. Well, Liverpool, 
this past summer was one of the clubs that decided not to go with ICC. They said, forget ICC, we'll do it our own way. We're, we're going to go, go ahead and uh, organize the Liverpool tour of the United States uh, and North America, and we will go it alone. We will set up the games ourselves. We will um, take more of the profits for ourselves. So it's kind of interesting that, that, uh, that Liverpool was even in- included in that. Um, um, I, I do think one uh, thing that should be, that I, and I can report this, I guess, maybe I've reported it before, I think I have on this show, is that part of that had to do with Jurgen Klopp's desire to keep a stable training environment, mm-hmm. uh, because what was happening with the ICC is that the ICC was making the deals with the training complexes, and they were shifting around from city to city, and Klopp felt like it would be better to just keep his team at Melwood or at a, a, a single place in the United States, even though they played games in different places. Right. And it could go back and forth. So they were able to establish that with Notre Dame. Uh, I think that would be part of the conversation here would be Klopp uh, and Liverpool saying, hey, can you can we have some input in the kind of training facilities we use if we're going to do this again? And and in hindsight, I mean, that was a good decision by Klopp uh, based on how the team has been performing this season and based on uh, not a lot of in- injuries and just the way that that, that team is operating. Um, I heard too that uh, from the Liverpool tour that Liverpool FC were disappointed with the number of fans uh, that, that turned up at the airports to welcome the team. They felt that um, just the turnout was poor. Now, now again, that could be Liverpool's maybe poor planning in terms of like, the logistics and getting the word out there to, to the different cities. But, but yeah, for ICC, I just see I see it continuing. In. Uh, I think Stephen Ross is probably being a little bit, um, maybe playing bad cop a little bit to to try to force these clubs to say, okay, we're right, we're, we're, we 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 want to be part of this, but uh, we're willing to give up a little bit for the percentages and give some back more back to ICC since you guys are hosting and running uh, the show. But um, yeah, that's uh, interesting things there. All right, Kartik, a uh, couple of news items uh, actually to finish this off. The segment off is that uh, the U.S. rights to the Portuguese Primera Liga expire at the end of the season. And according to one of my sources, uh, current rights holder Goal TV plans on trying to renew the rights. We'll see if they stay with Goal TV in the United States or if someone else such as ESPN Plus or BN Sports goes in for those rights. Also, um, in uh, related news uh, in terms of uh, football and streaming services, and, and that is is that uh, Fanatis has acquired the rights to Sevilla TV. And uh, so if you do subscribe to Fanatis, or if you don't, um, you can get Sevilla TV, which is uh, in Spanish. It's uh, I think it's 24-7, but just very similar to other uh, club TV channels. Uh, they have a kind of rebroadcast of the games on delay, as well as behind the scenes um, uh, interviews and footage, etc. Uh, and then lastly, Kartik, um for those eagle-eyed viewers who love to watch uh, either La Liga or Ligue 1, um, being sports is making this more difficult. It may not be being sports. Well, actually, in this case, it is being sports. Being sports is ma- making things really, really difficult. So we've talked about, I think it was on last week's show, about Sling TV uh, changing things and, and moving uh, being sports uh, in English, taking it off the Best of Spanish TV package and putting it on the Sports Extra package, which is more expensive. And now from this past week and and actually going into this weekend is that BN Sports has taken some of the La Liga games and Liga Earn games that were previously on BN Sports Connect 
and that are now putting it exclusively on Bein Sports Extra. Well, Bein Sports Extra is the free channel, but it's another hoop, it's another hurdle, another obstacle that viewers who are subscribed to Bein Sports Connect have to jump through and figure out a way to get Bein Sports Extra. Well, Bein Sports Extra uh, currently is available through Roku as a free channel, but if you don't have a Roku stick or don't have you know, don't use Roku, then that 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 uh, eliminates that possibility. And uh, they also have uh, limited uh, over-the-air channels for being sports extra in select cities in the United States. But again, that's not every city. So they're making it more difficult for fans to watch uh, La Liga games. And the La Liga games are usually the Saturday morning early kickoff, usually at 7 o'clock in the morning. It's not the biggest teams. But still, it's uh, if you're a fan of the league or a fan of one of the teams... It's that much harder. Same thing with Liga and two. There's uh, fewer games available on Being Sports Connect because now some of them are on Being Sports Extra. It's just to me, it's um, it's a mess. All right, Kartik, let's move on to TV ratings and uh, the big one: Liverpool against Man United. Even though this game was not on um, NBC over the air, this was on NBC SN and Telemundo on Sunday. It was uh, 1.2 million viewers. Um, across both NBCSN and Telemundo. And uh, for NBCSN, it was the most watched Premier League game since the opening weekend, which was uh, Man United against uh, Chelsea, which was maybe, uh, I think, about ten or 20,000 more viewers for that one. And of course, that had the, the Pulisic factor um, pushing that one up. But uh, big numbers there for Liverpool, Man United. And I think, I think a lot of those fans were probably Man United supporters, um, uh, to be fair. And then Kartika, looking at the TV ratings and some of the numbers there, anything else jump out, jump out at you? Uh, not really, but I, I do think that that uh, number for NBCSN was was pretty remarkable, 1.2 million, because that was, again, on SN and not on uh, big NBC. So uh, we're finding, when, particularly when you have Liverpool and Man United playing, uh, it doesn't matter if it's over the air or on cable. And we've got a rare uh, Serie A number two. We've got um, Milan against uh, Udinese. And this was on ESPN2 on Sunday morning. It was an early kickoff. It was 6.30 Eastern time. And this one had 76,000 viewers. So uh, for those listeners who uh, ask about Serie A, what what numbers the the league is getting, uh, that's a good example. Again, it's an early kickoff, though, 6.30 in the morning uh, on ESPN2. Moving on to listener mailbag, uh, first up is uh, Taylor uh, Kimpton. And Taylor says, The benefit of ESPN Plus is being able to watch replays after the fact. I'm glad they don't have a ticker for other live games because you have the option to watch it fresh and still be surprised. In this day and age, there are plenty of methods to get scores for games when you want them. I don't want them forced on me if I still want to watch it. In Kartik, actually, this weekend is uh, FA Cup weekend it returns friday saturday sunday and monday and um with the fa cup schedule not even in front of me there's there's very very few games this weekend where i'm I'm excited the only one i could say i was potentially excited about was shrewsbury town at home against liverpool but you know liverpool are probably going to play a youth squad um while it's entertaining and, and great to watch that youth squad um it takes away some some of the appeal to me and um, I think a lot of the other matches too. Just that there's not a lot of um, David, David and Goliath matches available. So I'm sure I'll be watching some FA Cup, but I'm I'm not excited heading into that weekend. Next up is uh, Dave Brunk. Dave Brunk says one piece of feedback for ESPN Plus for matches in progress. I wish when you landed at the soccer home screen, it would not show the live score. 
It's disappointing when I'm 20 minutes late to stream a game and I see the live score. And that uh, kind of follows uh, Taylor's comment where it's good that they don't show the score uh, during the game itself in terms of the live ticker uh, or live updates of the other games. But that's true, Kartik, right? When you you log in or whether it's on your Apple TV or Roku or or uh, website, it does have the scores listed when uh, you, j- you join the game. Well, actually, yeah. it has all the scores for it listed for all the games that are in progress. Right. Yeah. 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 So I think it's very. Uh, uh, it, 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 it's a double-edged sword, right? I mean, sometimes I like it. Sometimes it's 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 a it's a, a spoiler. Yeah. For the FA Cup weekend, I like it. Um, if I'm, you mean, kind of jumping back and forth, and I see a score that looks interesting, I might look at it. I mean, really, they, they should have that option that BR Live has, where it, they have a, a spoiler and no spoiler where you, you can shut off those scores um, that are in progress. Next up is Leonid, and he says, uh, you discussed B in sports, and I wa- was once again surprised that B in is not competing for the rights to Liga MX. I can't remember that the B in was mentioned among the channels that participated in the negotiations. You have uh, Sudamericana, Libertadores, and La Liga. Why not go ahead and buy uh, Central American soccer rights or Liga MX? Uh, and he goes on to say, Liga MX kicked off a couple of weeks ago. One of the most discussed teams in the offseason was Chivas, and I wanted to watch their first official game. I watched Chivas's game on Chivas TV all last season. The broadcast began as usual. They mentioned several times their new paid site, but nothing more. In the first few minutes of the game, the commentator simply said that the continuation would be on ChivasTV.mx, and the broadcast just ended. There wasn't any exp- uh, explanation uh, on their channel, maybe there was something on the Chivas social networks, but I am not a Chivas fan, and I do not closely monitor their activity on social networks. I have to register, pay, and all this during the game. I understand that they, ha- that they have to earn money, and I am ready to pay, but it seems to me that they should have notified users in the right way. I was disappointed with the price of six ninety nine per month and four ninety nine per day, but that's another story. So a couple of things here. I mean, in terms of the Liga MX TV rights, um, honestly, I think at this point in time for being sports, it's out of their budget. And and I mean, Univision has most of the rights, almost all the rights, and uh, Fox uh, Sports have uh, what, what uh, Club Tijuana, Santos, and Monterrey three, well, two of the three big clubs there. But um, I think honestly, I think it's out of their budget in terms of how much they're paying for Le- for La Liga. Uh, I don't think they can afford it and be able to 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 break even really. And then Chivas TV, Kartik. I mean, to me, this this is one of those things that it it makes Chivas the club seem second rate. I mean, having games yeah. on their on, on YouTube where you can watch it and pay for it. Um, while you mean Club America, I mean the big rival. I mean one of the, you mean the biggest one of the biggest clubs in Mexico have their games on over the air Univision and sometimes Unamas and Tuduene, um, and then Chivas has their own service, which I'm sure you mean Chivas loves. But you mean I'm sure it's I don't know. Just to me, if you're a brand, I mean Chivas is not playing that well in, uh, anymore anyway, but. Chivas as a brand should be focused on trying to get those as many eyeballs as possible, so it's front and center among the mainstream, uh, not the kind of the, the niche uh, Chivas fans. 
Next, yeah, up, I agree. Next up is Ed, Edwin. Edwin says, "I know that BN Sports has the rights to La Liga for the next five or so se- or so seasons, but is there a pro- is there a probability they drop them before then, and someone like ESPN picks them up? They already got the Copa del Rey rights from them, so that made me wonder." Kartik, uh, what do you think on this one? I think that with with uh, um, the Copa del Rey, uh, that, that that would actually uh, really uh, allow ESPN to and, and look. They did this when they had the Spanish Supercopa. Remember, there were those years that they would show the Spanish Supercopa over the air, uh, both legs uh, before this 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 format change. That that gave them the entree in, into Spanish football to at least cover it more extensively. Now, with uh, La Liga seemingly needing the exposure, uh, who knows? I mean, I I think uh, we have to wait and see what happens here. But I I do still think, I I don't know, there's just part of me, Chris, that says they cannot see out this this new global deal in the, uh, the U.S. component of it on BN. I just... Yeah, I, I I just think they need to do something. I, I think it comes down to one of those things where it's like how many how many years does be in sports want to continue losing money, um, having paid I mean a gigantic number for the the global rights, but for the USA be in sports USA, how much how many more years do they want to keep it running and keep on losing money uh, until they say okay enough's enough, and does that happen after uh, Qatar? the 2022 World Cup, and they say, okay, uh, we've gotten the most exposure that we possibly could, uh, having been sports on U.S. channels in the United States, promoting uh, Qatar and, and the, the World Cup and all the coverage, which I'm sure there's going to be a ton of coverage live from Qatar um, with you know, Arsene Wenger and Jose Mourinho and, and all, all these things. And then after the World Cup is over, does you mean does being sports say, okay, do we really need to continue um, with the rights for La Liga in the United States, or can we go ahead and sell those off to uh, ESPN or sublicense off them off to somebody? To me, that's what it comes down to. Is there a probability they drop them? It, it's possible. It just and to me again, it depends on how many more years BN Sports wants to continue running and losing money because not having um, distribution on Comcast and uh, um, uh, Directv. It's costed them millions. I mean, millions of dollars that uh, they could be uh, generating from su- subscription fees. They're not getting that. So, and then even again, being sports buying the global rights to La Liga um, outside of Spain. Uh, I mean, that cost a lot of money too. But uh, but yeah, Copa del Rey is with ESPN Plus. They've got that. They've acquired that. Um, being sports decided not to renew the rights, and and ESPN went in and gobbled them up and said, okay, we'll take we'll take them. Next up is Nash Rambler. He says you need to get you need to let Chris Whittingham know that the old NBA, NBA on NBC theme music has been resurrected on Fox Sports college basketball broadcasts. I was surprised to hear it before a commercial break during a game a couple of weeks ago. According to Wikipedia, Fox Sports acquired the rights to use it in December of 2018. As was mentioned by Chris Whittingham, the tune is the creation of John Tesh, and the title is Round Ball Rock. <laughs> oh my gosh. Wow. Okay. All right. Next up is uh, Gerardo uh, Guzman. And Gerardo actually posted this on iTunes. We have a couple of iTunes reviews. So I'll, I'll read these out. So uh, Gerardo uh, Guzman says, uh, 
these guys are great. Kartik, you and me, hey, these guys are great. Okay. I, I love the topics and the and the uniqueness of the approach when it comes to TV coverage. I learned so much, and I'm very grateful these guys exist. Well, Gerardo, I, I'm grateful that we exist too. <laughs> Next up, though, is I want to th- I want to thank him for that compliment. It's, yeah, uh, yeah. It's it's really uh, uh, a nice to get that kind of feedback. Thank you so much. Yeah, and we and we do try really hard to be unique and to stand out uh, from the crowd in terms of all the podcasts that are available. Hopefully, we provide you with uh, something. Uh, I mean, interesting, but also uh, newsworthy and something that uh, you'll remember in terms of some of uh, the tips and advice that we give, etc. So uh, next up, though, is Al Former, who posted this on iTunes also. In an era where many MLS clubs are beginning to move in a new direction in terms of the types of signings they make, the quality of football they play, and the game day experience they provide for fans, these guys continue to bash the league as it's still stuck in the mid-2000s. There's still a long way to go, but having podcasts like this that refuse to give credit where it's due only hurts the growth of the sport in this country. In a time when we should be encouraging fans to be part of their local clubs and communities and help build a culture, they should be proud of it. All these guys do is promote the European leagues and tell Americans to watch and support those instead. So... um, I have to chuckle a little bit, Kartik, too, because you especially, and me to a different degree, support local clubs and communities with soccer more than anyone I know. I mean, you're, I think, a board member of Himishi FC. Uh, you've worked closely with Fort Lauderdale Strikers in the past. You've worked with Miami FC. Uh, you have been grassroots, feet on the street, um, seven days a week sometimes. I mean, just... just for an English expression, slogging away, trying to really support and and grow local soccer. Um, For myself, it's a little bit different. I I have uh, four kids. A lot of them are playing um, soccer. So for me, my normal uh, week, so to speak, is is going to a lot of uh, youth soccer games, is uh, working with the different clubs in South Florida previously, now in North Florida, uh, going to see some of the games, going to tournaments, and supporting local soccer in my own way, um, it's I have no local soccer team to support. And when I was in South Florida, there was the Strikers. I went to some of the games. Miami FC went to some of the games, but there was no Major League Soccer team. So, so for Al to say these things, I understand where he's coming from. And that if I had to guess, he probably lives in a city, probably close to where MLS has a team. Um, and yeah, the game day experience they provide for fans is great, but a lot of us, a lot of the viewers and a lot of listeners and and myself included, we don't have a local team. Um, so our gateway uh, is to watch soccer on television and and, and to enjoy it. Even if you do have an MLS team, there are adult amateur leagues. There are, uh, uh, youth development academies that are not connected with MLS academies. And there, that was another thing I heard a lot about this weekend the coaches convention is the, the growing tension between uh, the, uh, the the MLS academies and the rest of the youth uh, ecosystem. Uh, a great article in Soccer America, opinion article uh, by Mike Watilia, one of the deans of soccer writers in this country. He was in Baltimore also, by the way, saying maybe U.S. soccer should get out of the youth soccer business. They should shut the DA down. Let the ECNL, U.S. club soccer, U.S. youth soccer, and all these other entities handle it. There is a lot more. Uh, and, and I... I 
get kind of where Al's coming from because I I think people need to support their local clubs and they need to support Major League Soccer uh, and 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 work uh, and I think Major League Soccer is less flawed than maybe you think it is. Uh, however, there's a lot more going on in soccer than just MLS. So those same people, uh, a lot of MLS fans, they won't go to a USL match. They would never come to an NASL game as much as I would tell them, "Hey, come see professional soccer." Uh, now they're all rushing to support Inter. They've never gone to a Miami FC or a Fort Lauderdale Strikers game. They don't know that we have uh, uh, about 20 amateur adult teams in South Florida between UPSL, NPSL, and PDL. Uh, they don't know how many USL teams we've had in the state through the years. And then uh, talk about the youth soccer space. That's a whole other thing. So um, I think MLS fans, many MLS fans in the same, are as myopic as the European fans, mm-hmm. the Premier League fanboys in the United States. And I will call them that fanboys who just watch the Premier League and they don't get involved in local soccer at all and look down upon anything that goes on in this country. I think a lot of MLS fans are just as insensitive as those Premier League fanboys, as I call them, uh, just in a different way. And they think they're being self-righteous supporting local soccer, but then they're only supporting one segment of local soccer. And a segment of local soccer in a lot of cases that's trying to crush everything else that goes on at the grassroots level. So uh, there's a lot more to this picture domestically than just Major League Soccer. Yeah, it's almost like, I think for a lot of these uh, listeners too, well, not listeners. I mean, ask specifically. It's it's either you support MLS or you don't. And um, I think what uh, Lalas, Alexi Lalas, had a tweet what a couple of years ago that says something that uh, if you don't support MLS, do you support soccer or something along those lines? And, and I, I was really upset about that. I still am to this day. Um, where he so was... if I support a USL club, if I am in right. St. Petersburg, the Tampa St. Pete area, which by the way is a top fifteen metro area or top twenty metro area in the country, yep. they're never going to have an MLS team because Orlando is sixty miles away, seventy miles away. Uh, am I not allowed if I just watch the Rowdies? Am I not an American soccer fan? No. If I'm not following MLS? No. <laughs> you can't, Kartik. Sorry. <laughs> but yeah, one last thing from my side is that uh, we, we bash a lot of the leagues. We bash La Liga. We bash the Premier League. We bash the Bundesliga. Well, I bash the Premier League all the time. You, you, do, you do more than I do. But, but yeah. I, don't th- I don't think there's, there's any league that we don't bash. But we also talk about the leagues that we love and the things we love about the different leagues. But even though we bash the other leagues, we don't get one-star reviews from those fans. <laughs> it just seems to be the, the Major League Soccer fans that give us the one-star reviews. Not that I mind the one-star reviews, because sometimes I think it's kind of funny. But it, it is one of those things that uh, I just find it really interesting that uh, that the MLS fans are very, very sensitive. Uh, and, and yes, fanboys of Premier League or fanboys of La Liga can get the same way too. But uh, it, yeah, I, I just have to laugh um, when when I read those. A couple more to go, Kartik, on the uh, listener mailbag. Um, this one came, came in through email uh, today from Alex. Uh, Alex says, uh, just want to see if you were going to interview Be In Sports or any of the streaming services like YouTube TV. If you do, it'd be great if you could ask them on plans to expand on adding Be In Sports. Was going to cut cable for Fubo TV, but after they lost the regional sports channels, I have had to rethink it. I don't have Be In Sports in my current TV plan without paying $20 a month more. Right now, looks like YouTube TV and Sling are my replacements. And and yeah, every, every time... Um, I'm speaking to be in sports and, and, and other streaming services too. I'm always talking about um, availability of not just being sports, but uh, other uh, soccer networks too. 
So, so oftentimes, I think being sports, I probably met with them uh, a few weeks ago and was asking for the latest updates on, on being added to the different services. And there will be more services where being sports will be added soon. Well, the being sports extra service. So we, we know that for sure. Um, YouTube TV would be an interesting one to interview. I don't think that they have anyone that specifically focuses on the sports or soccer side uh, that I know of, but that's one I'd love to interview them to find out more about them. Uh, YouTube TV, I mean, as a good example, does not have be in sports. And uh, they have Fox Soccer Plus, which is strange that they have that, but not be in sports. Because, uh, I mean, Fox Soccer Plus really has hardly any soccer. Uh, it's mostly, um, I mean, rugby and, and uh, AFL, etc. But uh, but yeah, Alex, so anytime I get an opportunity, I'm always looking for interviews and, and uh, to find out the latest news so I can give that back to you guys, um, either through the podcast or through the website, worldsoccertalk.com. Last but not least, Daniel says, um, Kartik, I wonder if you've read Guy Marcotti's article on squad reductions and might comment on it for the pod. Um, I have, uh, I, 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 you know, the thing I, um, I, I think was really telling about it was that Marcotti's think, thought process is there has to be now some sort of way of bringing the top clubs back or, 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 or creating some degree of competition yep. in, um, between, cause look, I, I, I think I, I picked on the Premier League, right? A lot, which is went through, you know, I bashed the Premier League a lot. I picked on the Premier League for not being nearly as competitive as it was, in my opinion, five years ago. Certainly not as competitive as it was seven, eight years ago. I mean, I think about uh, just the randomness of results you used to get in the league any given weekend. But that's been the case throughout most of European leagues. I, I mean, I think La Liga's recent spat of upsets uh, with, with Barcelona and Real Madrid constantly dropping points are more about the two of them coming back to the pack uh, rather than anything else. In fact, Atleti seems to be regressing also. So Marcotti realizes there is a problem, right? Uh, Bayern and Juventus exemplify this problem, uh, as do um, uh, any number of uh, uh, situations in, in other leagues, right? In, in second-tier leagues in Europe, which aren't particularly competitive. Uh, Scotland, uh, until maybe uh, the last couple months, being the most extreme example of that uh, in Europe. But So Marcotti is thinking squad reductions now might be the way to address this. Instead of having this situation like in the Premier League, where you can have 25 players uh, above an age you know, uh, on your designated squad, and then any number of other players after that, and then, and then loaning out, if you're Chelsea, loaning out 40 guys. If, if, if you tightly reduce squads to 20 or 22 guys, then, especially when you have this fixture congestion and you have the Man Cities and the Liverpools who can rotate, Liverpool can start a Lalana and an Oxlade-Chamberlain uh, in uh, – uh, when, when when they're rotating, uh, Manchester City can start uh, 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 Riyad Mahrez or or, uh, uh, or uh, uh, Bernardo Silva when they rotate, right, right, or Javier Jesus. So instead of having that situation where, particularly with the, with these midweek fixtures, we see that there's a great there's a great advantage for the Liverpools and the Man Cities or the Bayerns or, or the Juventuses, that there is then, if you have smaller squads and you, and you, you only allow a certain number of senior players on squads, um, Marcotti's thinking maybe it, 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 things become more competitive. In theory, it makes sense. Mm -hmm. um, but what we found recently is a lot of theoretical things tend to boomerang. So 
we'd have to see how this uh, would go into practice. Um, by the way, Marconi, um, Daniel, uh, is uh, really on the cutting edge of some of these ideas. Another thing he's advocated recently is the 60-minute um, clock replacing 90 minutes, 30-minute halves, uh, where the clock stops and restarts. Oh, not a very popular idea, uh, not something I'm terribly comfortable with, but it's something that he says will also uh, eliminate the uh, the chronic time-wasting we have and gamesmanship. Well, I, Which is I, probably true. Well, I, I think the other way around. So, so watching a lot of high school soccer, where the clock stops once the once that time is done, the clock stops. There's no added time. Is what hap- happens ends up happening is a lot of the teams, the high school teams, if they're leading, say one nil or something like that, will purposely slow the game down, way way down, waste time with throw-ins, okay. so waste time with yeah. free kicks, and. The referee can't add any more. Well, maybe they can, but they don't add any more time on. So it just eats up the clock. So by the time it gets to, I mean, ten seconds to go, a minute to go, you know that it's a minute to go, and that's it, and the game's over. There's, there's no, there's no additional time after that. So, um, but the squad, re- the squad reductions that I see a lot of uh, value in, um, especially when you have clubs, I mean, Chelsea, Man City, um, I mean, all others too that are just loaning some of these players out that they have little chance of actually playing first team football uh, will end up going to clubs like Swansea City thank you uh, and other clubs from the championship well, to Europe Louise, right? he just he just uh, scored for, for Villa against Watford in that big game yep. the other day yep. so uh, he never played a match for Manchester City he was bought specifically as an investment because Manchester City can afford to do that and they flipped him uh, sold him to Villa for 19 million and made like 15 million on him Wow. And Chelsea's been doing that too. So this this is the other thing. Um, Manchester City and Chelsea in particular have gamed the financial fair play system because I don't think casual fans realize how many players both Chelsea and Manchester City have, have sold that have played just a handful of game- matches for the first team. Mm-hmm. And uh, they've made handsome profits on. So, in fact, their net spends are not as high as you think they are uh, when it comes to uh, FFP. Yeah, well, Gab Marcotti, you can always uh, check him out at ESPN.com, but also on ESPN FC quite often, um, uh, being on there as one of the pundits and, and sharing his opinions. And I love Gab. Gab. He's got some really, really good insight into the game and uh, uh, a great communicator. All right, yeah. well, we want you to have your say. So you can always reach us via email through web at worldsoccertalk.com, as well as facebook.com slash worldsoccertalk, and on Twitter at worldsoccertalk. Plus, of course, you can always post your comments on worldsoccertalk.com, and we'd love to read those out on air. So that could range anything to do with uh, questions about TV coverage, uh, streaming coverage, commentators, production values, um, anything related to the soccer media business we'd love to talk about that and share those uh with other listeners too that can definitely appreciate from the, the questions you you may have um whether they're like uh, like deep thoughtful ones or ones that sounds kind of silly but but actually are great questions let us know we'd love to hear from you all right Kartik, and then uh, before we uh close uh, where can listeners uh find you and uh keep up to up to date on your latest uh, writings uh about florida or politics or, or soccer uh where's the best place they can find you on social media so, so yeah politics in florida uh and history florida history including uh some uh, 
stuff on St. Augustine, just spent a couple days uh, in your neck of the woods, uh, one of my favorite cities in the world, uh, or historic small towns in the world, I should say, St. Augustine, not really a city. Uh, at thefloridasqueeze.com, uh, you can check out uh, my Twitter feed at KKFLA737, my writings uh, here at World Soccer Talk, worldsoccertalk.com, and also at yanksforcoming.com. Little uh, shameless plug here, we're going to be ramping up the Yanks Abroad coverage on that side, uh, on that site in the next few weeks, and I'll be taking the lead on that. So uh, a lot more Christian Pulisic and, and Tyler Adams and, and Gio Reyna coverage, uh, yep. Weston McKinney, et cetera. Really uh, an emphasis on, on the guys playing in England and Germany. Uh, that's where the bulk of uh, really competitive American players for the national team are. And, of course, uh, keeping an eye on Serginio Dest down at Ajax, uh, who uh, um, I think got a lot of publicity globally, including on the BBC. I saw it on the ticker on BBC mm-hmm. World when he pulled out of the uh, camp and cutter that Ajax was uh, involved in because of his uh, his uh, fear of safety because he's a U.S. international. So uh, we'll, we'll be doing some of that at Yanksabroad, uh, at, the, uh, at yanksarecoming.com uh, in the near future. All right. Well, thank you for listening. You can get a new episode of the World Soccer Talk podcast every Thursday. Every episode is released on SoundCloud, Spotify, Pandora, YouTube, Stitcher, iTunes, TuneIn, Audio Boom, Overcast, and WorldSoccerTalk.com, as well as anywhere else that uh, they have podcast players. If you like the show, share it with your friends on social media. And uh, whether, whether it's a one-star review or a four-star review, give us a review on iTunes. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, we'd love to uh, get your feedback. And uh, oftentimes, we'll read those out on air also. So, Kartik, heading into a, a big weekend. Well, hopefully it'll be a big weekend. We've got the Dortmund-Cologne game on Friday, 2.30 Eastern Time. Uh, Haaland, hopefully, another hat-trick. Here we come. <laughs> uh, ain't no pressure. But I'm sure a bunch of other games too. FA Cup, etc. Um, this weekend. Uh, but what should they do? Enjoy your football. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started.